Welcome to this episode of Pen to Paper Press Podcast. I'm Cindy Coaches. There is a backstory weaved into each written project we create. To explore the creative process, I'm sitting down with authors, writers, editors, publishers, and an array of creative souls to have a conversation centered on how they develop their stories to completing their works of art. Each episode is an opportunity for us to explore mindsets, pearls of wisdom, and the experiences that began our journey as an author from the moment we put pen to paper. Patty Meredith holds an MFA in creative writing from the University of Memphis. Her stories have appeared in Appalachian Heritage, Still, the Journal, and Mulberry Fork Review. And I love that name. It just sounds fun. <laughs> Patty's novel, South of Heaven, takes place in the North Carolina Sandhills, where her family family's roots run deep. After graduating from Virginia Tech with a degree in horticulture, she was fortunate to cultivate a career in television production. And Patty, I'm so glad you're here because, you know, the information in your in your introduction tells me that you have lived a creative life, <laughs> interesting life, and you have not been bored. <laughs> I have been bored. That's true. I have not been bored. There are times I wish I was bored. <laughs> oh, don't we all? <laughs> yes. One, I was looking through your website and I found this quote. And there's got to be a backstory, or what can you tell me about this quote? It's discipline is remembering what you want. Yes, it's. Um, I think I have it. I have it typed up here with my quotes. Um, and that was that was uh, my very first writing class that I took in Durham and at Duke University, and. George Ann Eubanks was my teacher, and she wrote that on the board, on the whiteboard. And I think it was a, it, it, and that was like in the 90s, the late 90s. And it was like it, so many times through this and trying to write and, and then not writing and then remembering that you wanted to write. And it is, it's remembering what you want. It's like, do you want to write? Then write, you know, and that's kind of, it's kind of you know just as simple as just do it <laughs> but i've i have kept this on my desk for all those years and um it it's i think it's something that you know like when people say oh, i want to write a novel or i want to do this or i want to do that and you're just like if you want to do it you'll do it right yeah because it's easy for us to get distracted i guess distracted is the right word for, yes. for where i'm going and we set it off to the side and oh we'll get to that next you know you have that dream and oh I, i've got time i'll i'll do it you know i'll do it in a year i'll do it when i retire i'll do it when the kids are out of school i'll do it when fill in the blank <laughs> And, it, and that's not to say, I mean, of course, there are times where where you've got to have your life, you've got to do your, you've got to help your family, you've got to be in your family, you've got to do things. So 
So I, I respect that too and, and know that that's part of it. But then, but then in those times where you do have, have the time to, to remember what you want, you know, but yeah. And I was saying to tell, telling someone that if it hadn't been for the pandemic and the shutdown, the quarantine, I don't think I would have ever finished this novel because I've been working on it for a long, long time. But it was that, it was that time where things were, where we were shut down and, and not being social not traveling um that really gave me the 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 mind time to get it together to really think through it and keep it in my head so that's the it's crazy to say you know because the um certainly would rather have not had a pandemic you know (laughs) i guess without saying but it was that time where i learned just how much time it took to to do what and that's just that's just me other people can multitask i i think i can multitask but i can't multi-think does that make sense oh, yeah. <laughs> um it really helped to to just have the characters have their space in my head and not have not compete not be competing with a lot of other things yes because when the characters want to be heard they want to be heard (laughs) i feel so bad they're just like hey we're trying to tell you the story we're working as hard as we can to tell you the story if you could just give us the time (laughs) (laughs) so then were you writing then on a schedule or were you just like when the mood struck you sat down at you know the typewriter or the computer and wrote or yeah, I was, I've always used the, the computer's been great. When, when my husband and I first got married, um, he had a computer and I didn't, had never been, or that was back in the nineties. <laughs> was it that? No, I guess it was. Yeah. And anyway, so it, I just, I love my handwriting's already always been really, really bad. So having the computer and typewriter, I love to typewriter. I had, I wish I still had my old typewriter that I had back in the day, you know, (laughs) (laughs) the computer. And and as far as the schedule, I'm better in the morning. My mind works better in the morning. So that was, that's the time that, um, that, you know, when you wake up and your head's still and you can kind of hear yourself think, and that's when things would happen. But I also believe, I believe in that thing too, that you go to sleep with a question about what you're writing in your head and let your subconscious kind of, that sounds kind of woo woo, but let your subconscious kind of um, get acquainted with it and work it out a little bit. So when you wake up, you're with it. But I did have, um, I, I had this novel so close and, and then it was during the, I guess the first year of the, the quarantine thing, the pandemic thing that, um, I sent some chapters uh, I read on the face on Facebook where Main Street Rag Publishing here in North Carolina was looking for novels. And so send chapters. And I thought, you know, what have I got to lose? You know, because so I did. And they sent an email back and said they were interested. So the thought that somebody might actually read it really got me focused because I was like, oh, I need to change that name. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't make sense. And so that really got me focused and thinking, okay, so this has got to come together. This has got to come together as a a real real thing. 
So um, having that was very helpful. Um, and it, it was fun kind of putting the pieces together because I had, I had it all kind of in a jumble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds familiar. <laughs> we get, you know, it's easy to be working on one section and then have another section come in and then you you got to merge the pieces. Okay, did that happen before or after what I, you know, the events that I've already written? And and you know, it was really funny because I had taken um I had taken a a, a writer's course. It was just a, a small thing and a, a local event. And then afterwards, we had a writer's group and we shared. You know, oh, we would yeah. critique each other's work. We would share a chapter, read it, and then they would, you know, each other would correct the other's uh, work. And it was really interesting because in one chapter, and I will never forget this, I had three different seasons in one chapter, and it was oh, just girl. like, where are you at, girl? I know. <laughs> I'm with you. I, exactly. It's so, because you work on them at different times. Yeah. And I, I, I know exactly what you're saying, but I think that's great. And what you're saying about going to the, having a writer's group and do it. That, isn't that the bit, best joy of writing to, to be able to hang out with other writers? And, <laughs> well, because we get it. We, we get yeah. the struggles. We understand, you know, in a, cause like I host a, a writer's circle and yeah. it's really interesting is because if somebody is in a spot where they're not writing, they still attend. And yeah. nobody says, oh, why aren't you writing? What do you mean you're not writing? Yeah. No, judgment. <laughs> no shame, no judgment. We're, we all, you know, are very sympathetic. We all get it. And it's like, it'll come. It's okay. Yes. This is part, of, that's part of the process. Right, right. That's just part of it. But I do, I really do tell people that, you know, it, um, as long as I can just like pretend, you know, fake, fake writing, then I can hang out with the cool people. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's, it is fun though. Yeah, it is fun. And you get, a, and you get a lot of help. And back to the thing about like three seasons, I, I had to catch so many Things like that, you know, were the dogwoods really blooming then? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and that, oh my God, geez, when was that? That would have been the early 2000s, like trying to think of what was going on in my life. It would have been before 2005. So, yeah. I mean, so it's, it was just kind of funny how I I did that, and of course they didn't live me, let me live that one down for a long. Time. <laughs> that's, and that's what they're for. That's what they're for. That's good. <laughs> yes. So South of Heaven is set in North Carolina, and you know I I read a little bit of the description of the book, and it sounds like your family roots um, run deep here. Well, and I said that in the introduction. So what was it that said, I want to write about this area? 
That's a good question because uh, my parents both grew up and and were born and grew up in North Carolina in the Sand Hills and in, in the middle part of North Carolina, and um, but my dad. After after the army, he got it in the GI Bill. He went to Virginia Tech for college in Blacksburg, Virginia, and made friends there. And so um, I was born in North Carolina, but he took a job in Galax, seven miles over the North Carolina line, the year I was born. So I grew up in Galax, Virginia, and we'd go back to to Carthage, North Carolina, for my to see my grandparents and all that kind of thing. But really, I. I feel very Blue Ridge Mountain instead. You know? But when this novel came to me, um, the first thing that came to me was a scene where there was a young boy and a stand of bamboo. You know how bamboo just clumps and grows really tall and is huge. And so he, Dean was stand. The first thing that came to me was Dean was standing in the bamboo. And he was young, he was like 11 or so, and he was pretending that he had found his father who was missing in Vietnam. And this was something Dean did a lot. He would go in that bamboo and pretend that he was looking for his father who was missing in action in the war. And and so the first thing that came to me was Dean recounting this. And so, and then I recognized the bamboo from the, bamboo that was in the backyard of my grandmother's house in Carthage, North Carolina. So I knew that this was a Carthage, North Carolina story. And it was really kind of fun to have a, to not write about a town where you grew up in, because I knew if I did that, I would be like, so stuck to the facts that I wouldn't be able to imagine. And so with Carthage, it was some, it was, a I was familiar with Carthage, but not so familiar with it. That I that it was going to mess up the imagination story, <laughs> you know, so I could and the people, you know, I didn't have to worry about. Oh, I can't say that. That's so and so, you know. Yeah, just, <laughs> it could be more um, more fictional, and so it it worked out really well. Now, when I I, I spoke with some people from Carthage uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I said, "Forgive me for all the roads that don't make sense." And for all the imagine the churches that don't exist, <laughs> but they, it was it's it's been really good, and it's reconnected me with um, a lot of the the cousins and people that I've never even met. So, oh, so that's been that's and and people I haven't seen in a really really long time. And my parents are both passed away, but um, my mother's best friend, uh, Carolyn Buckin, still lives in Southern Pines. So she came to the reading, and that was that was really big for me. Oh, so heartwarming. That is so wonderful. <laughs> heartwarming, yeah. <laughs> and that would be, you know, writing about a specific location, getting those details would be hard. But the other thing is is it's a fictional piece and so it doesn't have to be exact and that you know i'm sure you walk that fine line of leave this in was that tree actually there then did the road <laughs> actually go there then because you're talking of you know a difference in time and right. so that would be you know, in, in that case, leaving it up to the writer's imagination, 
you know, we should grant you that as the reader. Yeah. We yeah. should grant you that. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank my um I, my great friend and um, mentor and teacher and everything, Darnell Arnott. Um, she suggested she's like, you know, why don't you make it a fictional town? And I thought about that, but I really wanted to use the Carthage Southern Pines dynamic, Pinehurst. It's a really interesting um place down there. You have the golf capital, you know, the Pinehurst golf thing where there's a lot of wealth. And then you have, you go down the road a little bit and you don't have that. So you have, I kind of wanted to use that dynamic. And, and I think if I had been a better writer, I could have fictionalized all that, but I just, I, I just couldn't make that leap. There were a lot of things. And we were talking earlier about, um, about putting this putting stories together uh one people you know i there's a lot of backstory in this book it's like i'll be going along and then it's like go i go back in time and so to to kind of give some history of the people and that was kind of a challenge too because i don't i'm not sure if it's got too much backstory but i couldn't get it in chronological order so (laughs) And the other trick I use, Cindy, it's like, um, you know, I have these three characters. I have two sisters, Fern and Leona, and then Dean, Fern's son. And I wanted their stories to be told from their point of view. So I, mm-hmm. every chapter it has like Fern's point of view. And then the next chapter is Leona from Leona's point of view and then Dean and um, that kind of helped me get my story told but I had to be really careful not to be overlapping too much so people get into too much but that's the fun part (laughs) I'm making sure that you're not crossing the point of views because the three people are individual and the hard part is not giving them the same voice Yes. You know, having, you know, having their personalities show up is, is important and their thought process, you know, relaying that. And I want to go back to something that you said. And, and when you said it, it kind of just struck me right, you know, right in the heart. And it was, if I was a better writer, And it just it zapped me right in the heart, like, oh my gosh, why would you think that? Yeah, don't we all on my word? You know, it's like the challenge of the life of life. And but I, I'm uh, last week I, I spent last week at a writers workshop, Table Rock Writers Workshop, um, that. Um, my friends, Georgianne Eubanks, who was my very first teacher here many years ago, and Donna Campbell put together. And I, I got to work, have a workshop with Robin Henley. Um, and, you know, there were things last week that it was like, oh, yeah, you know, and that's just the joy to try to get better, to try to figure things out and be better. But, yeah, I, um, I'll be in the nursing home wheeling my wheelchair down to the the community room to take a writing class, you know. <laughs> forever the learner. Forever. I'll be trying forever. 
Oh, I just, I, it just kind of struck me when you, when you said that. And I thought, oh, no, 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 give yourself the credit. You did it. <laughs> you published a book, you know, which is an accomplishment that so many people, you know, strive for. And at some point they say, I'm not good enough and then don't do it. And that, or they put it off you know, the imposter syndrome is oh, it's bad. And I don't know of any other hobby other, you know, well, let me yeah. rephrase that because painting, photography, any, any of the arts, we seem to have that imposter syndrome or that voice that sits on our shoulder and, and tells us the things that we heard from school teachers, from best friends, you know, who said, what are you doing that for? You yeah. know, because they were trying to direct you to do what they wanted to do. And, you know, so we get all of these voices from our past. And at some point, and, and it's really funny because this keeps coming up in <laughs> almost every podcast. And of course, who brings it up? Me. Um, <laughs> is... Obviously, this is something I'm working through. And I, yeah, and it, I mean, it's that balance. And so the question is, oh, gee, Patty, if you didn't think it was that good, why'd you do it? You know, and I, I think that I finally had to get over my, um, I had to finally get over the, my ego of like, oh, what if I put this out and somebody doesn't think it's like good enough or somebody it's like, and this is again, where the character saved me. It's yeah. like, I, I, this is so weird, but the thing that helps, helps me get over that is for me to, to imagine Dean and Leona and Fern sitting at the kitchen table with me saying, we told you everything. We gave you our story. And now you're saying that's not good enough. Oh, you now. Oh, it, that makes you it, just sit up straight and go. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think that that helps me be able to talk about the book. And the other thing that has been just such a, I'm so glad I did it. I'm so glad I published it. Um, I'm so glad I got it together because, I mean, just to have people like you, to have friends who say, oh, you know, when Dean did this, it really, I really under, you know, it really meant something to me or to, to, to know that my, the character, to know that Dean and Leona and Fern and Roy and all these folks are, are speaking to people are, you know, that they're, that there's. Now it's like my friends, they're my friends' friends. Y'all are going to, you're going to like think I'm totally nuts. It's like, no, not at <laughs> all. This what I'm talking about. No, but I, I, I'm following right along with you. Going, <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh-huh. Recognize that. <laughs> it's like having the characters be the people that are, are the upfront with this story. And, 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 and that whole thing about, I don't know. It's just so hard. I, but to get over the, you know, I always said, I don't have a fear of failure. I mean, I don't have, I've, I've failed so many, so many things. What do I have to be afraid of? I mean, I would say that, but it is a real thing. 
you know, so, but it is, but the, but the good thing is to, to just push through it. It's crazy. I, yesterday, I, um, and I'm going to give due credit to, to the person who said this. So in my uh, exploration of ways to expand what I'm doing, yeah, I signed up for um, Amy Porterfield, who is, she's a brilliant, brilliant woman. And she is well known for her email posts and she does course builders and stuff like that. Well, she did a free workshop yesterday. Oh. And the one thing that she said that I wrote down and I highlighted it, you know, like it's like it's separated on the page of my notes was say yes to the projects that light you up. And because I am someone like a lot of people I know who have all of these things we want to do. I want to do this, I want to do this. And, and we distract ourselves and we pull ourselves away from the thing we should be working on. Although the word should is, is yeah. a word that's very tricky. But, you know, and we get pulled off of things and and so forth. And it was like, stopping and taking that internal inventory of does this light me up right and, and talking to your characters I mean I, mine talk to me and it's okay. like oh, yes I got I gotta write this down because if I don't write this down it's gonna be gone <laughs> yes. oh golly isn't that the truth <laughs> but when they're talking to you you've got to respect that and yes I so badly want you to meet uh, a writer friend of mine because she, how you're talking about the characters is exactly how she does. And she'll, she will say that I just, I dictate. They tell me I dictate. I write yes. what they say. Yes. <laughs> and exactly. that's the way it is for, for a lot of writers is we just, we ourselves have to get out of the way and let them do the the storytelling. I think that whole thing of that we have to get out of our own way is totally true because I was the one standing between, I was the one saying, no, 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 you know, I can't, oh no. And, and so, yeah, getting, getting out of our own way, isn't that something? <laughs> it's just like, why is that so hard? You know, it's, I mean, you know what you want to do. And it is, I mean, with every project, um, when it, it gets hard, I mean, at first it's great and they're talking and everything's good. And then it's like you said, then you realize you've got a thing where it's in three different seasons and, and, you know, maybe different years and all this. It's like, well, that's, it's just hard. It's, it's pushing through those hard parts and trusting. But if you just keep, if you just keep moving forward, as even as slow as it goes, you'll be fine. There have been so many writing things that it's been like, oh, no, this isn't working. And, and it's like, just keep, stay in the chair, keep just collections of how to write books. <laughs> it's like, you know, and I, I, love I just, I, I froze. And so I, 
where you left off was was sitting in the chair and (laughs) sitting in the chair and writing and i apologize because uh, our internet here for some reason is just keeps dropping and it dropped it i'm like i want to hear what you had to say (laughs) the bottom line is if you if you just trust if you just say it's going to happen trust yourself and just keep keep pushing forward a little bit at a time you know it'll happen yes through the hard parts through the hard parts (laughs) yes yes and then um on the the podcast applications i always ask for three questions and rarely do i ask you know the questions because i use it more as a guideline of where's your thought process where is you know those kind of things and but i do have one um that i do want to ask you and it is what makes a successful southern novel Oh, wow. That's big. (laughs) Should we just skip over that one? We can do that. (laughs) Ooh, that's a lot. Because I have all these, you know, Eudora Welty and Flannery O'Connor and Faulkner and all those people floating around who who are looking at me like, who are you to talk about the Southern novel, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You are Patty and you have the floor. But, um, and I was drawn to, you know, to Jill McCorkle and Lee Smith and Clyde Edgerton. Um, but, you know, just see, because I heard my, heard people I know, heard the people I know talking. And maybe, maybe it's people that aren't from the South who could answer that question better. I don't know <laughs> what it is about this. I don't know. We're, are we just, do we just seem so weird? <laughs> no, I'll tell you, because I'm from Michigan, born okay. in Michigan. I, you know, my great grandfather's farm was uh, the house that I had uh, for 26 okay. years was a mile and a half from my great grandmother's okay. or great grandfather's farm. And, you know, so I'm generational in the county that I grew up in. And when I was traveling, um, I typically travel in the winter and have been for the last handful of years. Well, anyways, I go to the South. I became a snowbird. I didn't last winter, but this I'm debating whether I am this winter or not. I'm still undecided (laughs) because there's a real strong pull to go to the South. The lifestyle in the South is so much different than it is in the North. Okay. In the South, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. If I didn't hear it, I knew I wasn't talking to somebody from the South. <laughs> <laughs> and the and it didn't matter the age. Right. It didn't matter the gender. Okay. It was both male and female, the cashiers at the store, um, you know, going to an event or anything talking to somebody it was yes ma'am no ma'am yeah and life is slower and casual yeah it's the part it's like oh my god i can relax yeah and that was something that 
the first winter when I traveled and I got below, you know, what I call the frost line uh, or the snow line. Um, because typically there's a point when you're going south that it doesn't snow on a regular basis. And once right. you ask that, it's like, it's a whole different world. And I got, the first year it was kind of like, don't call me ma'am. And then it's like, oh, you called me ma'am. <laughs> and you said it in the Southern drawl. <laughs> and it's like, thank you. I like hearing that. And, you know, it's just... It is so much different in the South in many ways um, than it is up here up North. And I'm not saying that, you know, us Northern uh, folk are a bunch of anxiety stricken, you know, hardcore, got to do it, got to do it, got to do it kind of people. Yeah. You kick back and relax. You know? But it's done differently in the South. And I just, I love having had the different experiences of being on the south you know i spent some time in north carolina i spent time oh. in texas and and arkansas and, and new mexico and and it if there's anything that i can tell a writer or a creative soul is if you are stuck in your own head and you're not you know you're just you're stuck travel travel somewhere it doesn't matter if it's to the next town it doesn't matter if it's to the next state it doesn't matter if it's to the other side of the country yeah out of your town it just sort of it moves things around up there it does because you see a different culture you experience different flavors you you know the aromas are different oh my god the flowers that are in the south now the pollen in north carolina however holy <laughs> manoli <laughs> yeah not good i get it at all <laughs> i thought it was bad up here and you know my sister's in North Carolina, and she oh. would go on and on about North Carolina, the pollen in the spring. I'd be like, yeah, 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 whatever. And then I experienced it, and I'm like, sis, you didn't, you under exaggerated it big time. <laughs> It'll do a number on you for sure. For oh sure. my word! So it was, it was interesting to, um, yeah, it was just a whole different. To pick up those different, you know, conversation types and and the personalities and the way of life and everything like that, that is truly something that helps us to, well, I guess, get out of our head and, and expand. Yeah. yeah, and there's something about something about like my husband was in um, television broadcasting and we moved a lot for his job and there was something about getting away from a place and then looking back that helped you know that seeing a place in the in a, from a distance instead of being right in it and that helped me write about it i think i wrote about north carolina and, and i wrote short stories set in virginia while we when we were not there when we were in tennessee or louisiana or alabama you know so so I think that that helps a lot too. It's hard to write about a place when you're in it. Yeah. Uh, for me, I keep having to say for me. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
so we've we've talked a bit about your um, your book and your process for writing the book and your stories. Now, are these mainly short stories for magazines, or where are you publishing these stories? Nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, I was lucky um, to get um, a story in Still the Journal, and then I was lucky to get a story in Appalachian Heritage, and I think it's Appalachian Journal now. But um, and uh, there, there's so many great online uh, journals now. Yes, that um, that take short stories, and it, it, it's 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 hard. It's still hard. I have my goal now is to work. I have a I have about I don't know, maybe. I have like 10 stories that I, I want to work on one at a time and, and get right and try to, to place them. But um, do a trope is a good thing online. It's an online source for where to send short stories. Um, and, you know, there's the there there's all different levels of um you know the dream place where you'd like to get placed and then <laughs> then you move on down <laughs> I'm really interested too right now in flash fiction um I haven't written any flash fiction but I'm I'm interested in exploring that where it's just like it could be a page just a page of a story and um so there's just, that, that's kind of an that's kind of something I want to work on but, uh, what is flash fiction? Is it like something you just sit down and write, like in a in a burst of time, or yeah, it, you, it has to be it it has to be crafted. It's just um, it it it's just it's almost like a it's almost like poetry, but it's it it in seven like in seven hundred words you get a whole story. Or in 500 words, you get a whole story. And so uh, I'm looking around to see if I have any, where my, where my how-to flash fiction books are, but I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Maybe I do. Hang on. Because um, let's see. Okay. Let's see. No, that's not it. That's not it. Never mind. But, um, but you know, there's just, um, there's just some interesting things out there to do to try to do with stories and again for me it's all about the you know the character and the person the person I even have trouble calling characters pe characters because it's like I just want to say oh they're people <laughs> oh they are they're very real to us yes yeah and the thing I is though is you know how often when you've read a, a really good book you feel like you know when you close the the last page and you close that book and you think you mourn for the loss of that friendship oh, because yeah. you have walked through pages and pages of their life you know yeah, yeah so yes. there are people i know i love i love to to read a good i love reading a good book yeah so and and then feeling like Gosh, I wish I could talk to Joe and find out yeah. what happened five years later. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great feeling, though. It, it really is. is. So, is there is there anything 
that you would share with a writer that, you know, that pearl of wisdom that's helped you out? I I think I, I um I think don't underestimate the time it takes, you know, to to do it and and the the solitary time, and and again I say you know, or me the way it worked, I I think that it really takes saying no to a lot of other things when you're when you're writing, to um you you have to to set aside the time and to, and to be very um, protective of that time yeah. and take it, take yourself seriously. And, um, you know, for some people say, Oh, they say, what are you doing? I say, I'm writing. Oh, what have you had published? And then, you know, say, Oh, nothing. And then they look at you, then why are you doing it? And you have to just not look at those people. <laughs> When you're having to defend for those people, because yeah, it's um, yeah. doing it. You're and it take it just. I don't think I realized just how much time it took to keep the story in my head, to not have distractions, to to not. And it's it, the time where you're just in your house doing some housework and thinking is important. Yes, you know, just to, the, that alone time to. To, to have it processing where you're not going out to lunch and you're not running here, there and yonder and you're, you're just doing it. And I, I don't, I think I did underestimate how much time that took because I mean, there are, yeah, there are people who have like 10 children and they get up at four o'clock in the morning and they write two hours and good for them. <laughs> it's like, that didn't work for me. So. Well, and, and like, well, like your your quote says, you know, discipline is remembering what you want. Yes. And then, and then co- you know, bringing along that quote that, you know, Amy Porterfield said yesterday, which was say yes to the projects that light you up. Yes. It was when I heard her say that, it was just like, it gave me that permission or it, it was like that permission slip I needed that, yeah. I needed that. I needed to hear that right now. It, to pay attention, pay attention to the thing that the lights absolutely that. And I'm going to, I wrote that down too. And you said it. So now I'm, now I've got it underlined. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you took the time. That you, oh, thank you. You know, so many people look at the pandemic as like the worst thing to have happen, happen, you know, globally, blah, blah, blah. But what people are not looking at is what were biggest blessings that came out of it. A lot of people wrote their books during that time. A lot of people, you know, learned on a very deep level what is important and what is not. And a lot of people have made you know, life adjustments based on, I don't want to feel this way. How do I want to feel? What do I want? And it was, it it, it was that wake up that a lot of us needed um, to, to get through as such. What a gift that you were given that time to focus (laughs) on your book. Yeah. I feel very lucky. I mean, extremely lucky. To have had that time. 
So was the editing process something that just kind of was easy for you or was it something that was like, oh, I got to do this. I don't want to do this part. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had really good readers. I have great friends. I have the the best friends in the whole world um, who read it and gave me feedback and um and and really that made it more that I kind of I like revising I like I like having the second chance at something you know to 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 do better to make it and and having that kind of feedback and to then go back into it and go okay this is going to solve this problem this is going to make this make sense um (laughs) I like that. <laughs> but, but that brings up the point of that brings up the point of just write that first draft. I think every writing book I have back here says that, you know, Anne Lamont's just write it. Yeah. And don't edit yourself. I think that's a big thing too. Like don't sit there, don't be writing and thinking, oh, I can't say that or I shouldn't do that. Just do it. Do it with the mindset. Nobody's ever gonna see this. And then, and then you can worry about people seeing it later. <laughs> yeah, get it down on the page, as she says. Yes. By birds, don't oh, buy birds. I know. I know. Okay, there goes there goes my dog. There goes my dog. People. <laughs> I don't see which neighbor she's terrorizing right now, but. Um. <laughs> Oh, I so understand. I, you know, usually I get, you know, a loud motorcycle that goes past. It's the natural world. It's the natural world. You know, life happens around us and I I don't uh, need to apologize for it. So, yeah, let your dog bark. <laughs> I think they turned around and went the other way. So, she'll... <laughs> much to her dismay she's like come on come on what are you doing where are you going come back here yeah i want to bark some more i want your attention come here yes yes i want to smell you alive she's keeping us alive protecting us from amazon and (laughs) And the postman and the (laughs) ups Those crazy UPS drivers, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, Cindy. That is too funny. Oh. Oh, too funny. So, where can people find you on the internet? Okay. Okay. I do have a website, and I'm. I would just. I'm proud of it because I made it. I made this website. It was like, I, um, you know, I thought I'd get a website made, and then I started talking to people who did that, and it was like, you're charging what? <laughs> and so um, I put together pattymeredith.com on Wix, and um, it was kind of fun. I, I enjoyed that too. So it's pattymeredith.com, and the book is on Amazon. And the book is on, and I'll show you, I'll show you, because my husband designed the co- the cover. He so I'm proud of that. Mm-hmm. This was a total do-it-yourself labor of love. So um, so we did that together, and that was fun. And um, it's it's been fun. So I'll make a story about the emir on the front. Okay, okay. So, um, so my character, Dean, 
really wants to he wants to be his own boss and back in the novel set in 1998 and so back i don't know if you remember but 1998 people were saying that emu were going to be the next big thing you know that the emu history that was going to be the new chicken (laughs) so dean um gets it in his head that he's going to start an emu farm and um spoiler alert here no emus are harmed (laughs) (laughs) emus are bought but not they're they become you know just part of the family so um anyway so i knew i wanted an emu on the cover and so we found an emu on one of those sites that just has pictures and then um with my iphone i did a little app that kind of watercolored him and so we use that for the, and it's amazing the different expressions of emu. It took a lot of looking to find the emu with just the right expression. <laughs> so. The campground, and it's so funny because I recognize, I recognize the eyes in, yeah. in that look <laughs> because the campground that I stayed at, uh, not last winter, the winter before, uh, it was an independent and an emu uh or showed up years prior and <clears throat> and kind of adopted them that's and, great and so this emu that's amazing they are of course my little willie james which is a chowini you know this yeah. 17 pound dog is you know just geeked about this big yeah. bird outside the camper and walking oh around the camper and was, did they the, get along oh i never let um billy yeah. james yeah. Meet frankie um but yeah. you know, it was still it was so interesting to the personalities that they have and they are big birds they and, are and they're know, weird. They're very odd. They, I, I, it seems like since this book, since South of Heaven came out, I've been seeing emu everywhere. Oh, how fun! On Instagram and um, commercials, and they, they're odd. They're very odd. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell Frankie you said that because Yes, <laughs> that's the emu at the camp. Frankie friendly is Frankie is Frankie yeah. a friendly emu? Okay, yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, it, it nosy is nosy. If anybody was doing anything in the campground, you you could bet the Frankie would be coming around pretty soon. So that is so funny. Oh God, Cindy, you've got to write about that. <laughs> It'll I. I held off on writing. Oh my gosh. Okay. So part of the reason that I, I mean, you don't know my backstory back in 2018, I sold my home of 26 years and bought a truck, bought a camper and departed and left for the winters. That's what started this whole, you know, wandering wild kind of journey that I've been on. And part of it uh, had to do with it's my soul's journey after the death of my oldest son. And yeah, a year after he, he died, I, I left and 
so the memoir, I started writing it and then I had to stop. I, I wrote a blog series about the whole, you know, the trips and where I had been and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, you got to write us, you got to write a, a memoir on this. You got to write a book on this. Yeah. I will, I will. But, and I would push myself to write, but then I would emotionally drop. Well, that's of, hard. Yeah. That's asking a lot of yourself. So then I finally said, you know what? I'm going to give myself the grace of time yes and when i'm ready you know i i have notes i have photographs i i collected all sorts of memorabilia along the way oh. and so when i'm ready i'll i'll write the story right. because i wanted right. to go beyond the blog post that i wrote you know and the blog post yeah. i share about you know getting oh google maps sending me down a very rural road in oh my and not and almost running out of gas and yeah, you know, yeah. and you know on a one lane road in the in the middle of nowhere and then yes. you know it was towing a camper behind my truck it was and going around these really sharp curves and you know i wrote about those different experiences so i want that memoir to go beyond you know yeah. expand on what i had written and and dig a little deeper so you know, I pick it up and I write it a little bit. And so when people talk about not being patient on themselves about time, it's like you have to give yourself that time. You have to give yourself that time. Because yeah. if you push and you push and you push, it's going to show up on the page. Yeah. And, and, and you're not, yeah, you've got a process. Right. Exactly. And, ready. and um, that that's, you'll know. Yeah. And so, and I've got other books that I've been, you know, fictional yeah. books that I've been working on and I work on one and then I get the other set of characters. And so then I'll dabble on another book. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and so I just give myself the grace of this is where I'm at in yes. this moment. This is the energy that I'm feeling. This is the, the, where my mind is. And so the discipline quote really struck me like, yeah, I got to be a little more disciplined and say, wait, your turn. Let me but get I like, turn done. I'm a, I'm a big believer in giving yourself the grace too. It's, yeah. you know, and, and that's a, cause it, like I, when I said, Oh, you've got to write about that. It reminded me that people are like, Oh, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. And you get like, Oh, Oh. And it's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> well it does and it does put up those you know blocks in front of us going because now all of a sudden we've got somebody something that we have to do for somebody else yeah and what happens yeah. when we're writing and we put the mindset of oh i gotta write this for tom dick and harry you know yeah. or Susie kelly and and mary when we when we put those people in front of us and oh i gotta write this for them right we're not writing our story we're no. writing their story on in 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 a way that we hope they interpret it instead no. of this is the story that's right and that's very true that helps me think through like the next six months thank you <laughs> <laughs> <You're welcome, Patty. laughs> 
Oh, that's great. Yeah. And, you know, it is. And it was really interesting because I, I saw friends over Memorial Weekend and they were all like, well, weren't you writing a book about? And it's like, yeah, I, I ha I've had to table it. And it's like, yeah. oh, well, tell me about your journey. And so, of course, in that re, re refuels and rekindles that like, yeah, I really should be working on that book. And it's like, nope, I'm I'm not emotionally ready to go there right now. And yeah. so it's like, I'll get to it. But yeah. it's really nice to know that there are people who are like, when's your book coming out? <laughs> I know. That's a that's kind of a blessing curse. It is. It is. But it's a, you know, I'm I'm giving myself the grace of time and letting letting it just kind of, I I have to take care of me first. Yes. And that's yes. the hardest person. That's gonna happen through. if you don't. That's I mean it's not gonna happen if you people ask me they say, How long did it take you to write this book? And I'm like, sixty-six years. <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of them just kind of give you that blank look like Yeah. They do. Like, <laughs> oh, I I I wholeheartedly understand. I so very much want to thank you for your oh, thank I, you. You are welcome. I have truly enjoyed this conversation. It has brought up a few things that I had left dormant in my mind. <laughs> Me too. I, and I, um, I think I, I needed to, I needed to talk to you this morning. This has been very helpful. Thank you, and thank you for putting up with my technology. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Whatever it takes to because I want you to be I want you to be comfortable because and, and you really make it great really comfortable this is so good thank <laughs> you you are welcome before we end our time together I'd like to say thank you for listening to my conversation with Patty Meredith any writer will tell you the best compliment is to know someone is reading your words or in the case of the pen to paper press podcast episode listening to their voice. Leave us a comment in the show notes page and share with us what resonated for you. Help us to spread the wisdom. Share this conversation with Patty on social media. You never know who else needs to hear the messages that are weaved throughout our conversation. To receive future episodes in your inbox, subscribe to the Pen to Paper Press newsletter and follow the pen to paper press podcast on your favorite app you can find the link to her website and learn more about her writing projects by visiting pen to paperpress.com backslash podcast and select the show notes page for this episode until next time keep your pen to paper and write your words have power and your story matters bye for now